Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit BrumRadio.com. Hello, thanks for downloading. This is the Brum Radio Comedy Show, hosted by me, James Cook. What we've done is we've taken out all the bits that we're not allowed to put in it for legal reasons and left the rest so you can listen to it. Enjoy! Well, hello, it's time for the Brum Radio Comedy Show with me, James Cook. Give me a cheer if you've heard the show before. Give me a cheer if it's your first time. Yeah, I'm just going to compare this one, I think. I think that's what I'm going to do with here. It's the difficult third show, everybody, as we look ahead to uh, some comedy events that are coming up uh, in and around Birmingham in the next seven days. We're also going to be talking to uh, Ben Davis, who, when he was Ben Davis, was uh, a really excellent uh, comedian. Uh, He jacked it all in to do uh, children's authoring. Uh, writing, writing books for kids and everything. He's doing very well at that. But he is back doing comedy for kids. We're going to be talking to him about what's that all about. Also, I uh, had a little chat with uh, Lindsay Santoro, who I was lucky enough to gig with this week. She's going to be on the show too. All that and uh, listings and news and stuff. Uh, I imagine it's going to be probably the greatest show uh, anyone's ever heard. You can get in touch, by the way. You can tweet us at Brum Radio Comedy or email brumradiocomedy at gmail.com. The comedy news is coming up after some Billy Preston. What a start to the show that is. Billy Preston. Nothing from nothing. It's the Brum Radio Comedy Show uh, with me, James Cook. And if you are listening to this on the podcast, which is we now have a podcast, guys, uh, you're going to miss all the fantastic musics. The fantastic musics. Yeah, the the plural of music, obviously, is musics uh, that we play. But don't worry, you can listen again uh, through the Brum Radio uh, website. So there are lots of great ways to listen to all this nonsense. Right, kicking off the show today with the comedy news Still no jingle. Uh, Voting in the What's On Readers Awards 2020 is open. That's the first bit of the news. Uh, There are a gazillion categories in this. There really are. They really want you to put the work in uh, when you uh, nominate. You go to the What's On uh, website or just Google What's On Reader Awards 2020. You'll find it. Uh, And the awards include uh, Best Birmingham Arts Festival, which has been won previously by the Birmingham Comedy Festival, uh, an award that uh, I know the Birmingham Comedy Festival is very, very proud of, bearing in mind the uh, zero help the Birmingham Comedy Festival gets from, you know, the council and things. Uh, So you can go and vote for that. There's also the Best Midlands Comedy Night, which has been won, uh, I think, every single year, or something close to that by the uh, Comedy Carousel at the Glee Club, of course, hosted by Brum Radio's very own Andy Robinson. You can also vote for Best Independent Coffee Shop in Shropshire. That is another genuine um, category in the What's On Reader Awards. I don't know what they think we spend our time doing. Uh, Anyway, uh, you can go to their website and you can vote for your favourite. Now, the other thing you can do in the What's On Reader Awards is you can write in your nominations. Yeah. Uh, So if there's something not in the drop-down menu, you can just add it and it goes in. I know this because about five years ago, maybe, they had a best uh, local comedian category 
in this and I found out that I was nominated and I was delighted. I thought, blimey, finally, a bit of recognition. What a lovely thing. And, uh, you know, on also on the list were people like Joe Lysett, Mrs. Barbara Nice, uh, you know, Stuart Lee, probably all the local big names were on there. And then little old me, I was on the list as well. And I was really, really happy. And then um, my wife came home from work to say that she'd been voting on the What's On Reader Awards, uh, seen the best uh, comedian category, saw that I wasn't on it, so she just wrote my name on. So there you go. I was nominated by someone I live in the house with. Uh, so uh, get on those, because we love giving each other awards, don't we? It's, it's part of why we do this. We like to uh, slap ourselves on the back and say, well done. Uh, other comedy news. Uh, just the Tonic, who, of course, uh, are running the Comedy Loft on Broad Street, out what was Highlight and what was Jonglers before that. They've got a new monthly night starting in Leamington Spa at the Assembly Hall. The opening night is on February the 8th and features uh, Guz Khan and uh, former Bearwood resident Reginald D. Hunter. Uh, so that uh, looks like that's going to be a, a new monthly gig to the circuit. We welcome all of those. And there have been some big shows announced coming in the Midlands in the next few months. Uh, the Blind Boy Podcast Tour. Uh, you know, Blind Boy from the Rubber Bandits. His podcast is a is a huge thing, and he's touring. He's playing the O2 Academy on March the 13th. That's been announced. Uh, Tim Vine is bringing a new show, his Plastic Elvis show, which uh, he says it's like a tri- him doing a tribute act to Elvis because, you know, he can do that. Uh, he's bringing that to the Alex on the 30th of June. And uh, Can Comedy, run by uh, Andy and Paul Nightingale, uh, they've been putting on big shows all over the black country for some years now. They have just announced a new big-name comedian who's going to be appearing at their Darleston show in March and their, and also the Kidderminster show, which is also in March this year. That's right, Bobby Davro is going to be appearing at those two. Well done, Can Comedy. That is, uh, that is quite the coup, getting old uh, Bobby Davro involved. Now, still to come, we're going to be talking about uh, the shows that are coming up in and around Birmingham in the next seven days, chatting to Ben Davis about doing comedy for kids and also checking in with Lindsay Santoro. Uh, but first, Frank Zappa, Joe's Garage, Umbra Radio Comedy Show. Joe's Garage or Garage, either or, by Frank Zappa or Zappa. It's the Brum Radio Comedy Show with me, James Cook. Uh, hello. It's uh, January, and uh, January, obviously, the busiest time for comedy. Um, well, it's not for gigs, is it, January? January's not for gigs. January is for doing your tax return. That's in the life of a comedian. It's, it's the one time of year where we have to do our maths homework. But incredibly, I ended up with a full weekend of gigs last week. I know, in this climate. Um, so uh, I'm going to show off about that for a little bit. Because uh, I learned some lessons doing the, the shows I did last uh, last weekend. Friday night, I was over in Comberton in Cambridgeshire, uh, a gig that I've compared maybe once a year for the last five or six years. So I've got it into my head that the audience there have heard everything I've ever thought 
and that they will remember my material completely. So every time there, I'm going, oh, what have I got new since I was last there and everything. And then, of course, uh, first of all, it's not necessarily the same people in the audience. And also, if I didn't do like my A-list material for five years, they won't remember what it was. Uh, And so uh, I did have some new stuff to do. Uh, which went down all right, uh, but I also I got out some uh, of the old James Gold and uh, gave that to them as well, and it was absolutely lovely. It was the last show in this uh, venue. They're moving the venue to somewhere else. Uh, because uh, in the venue where it's been, apparently the last six months, the numbers have been dropping and they've people who are organising it have been losing money on the door and that's not good. So they said, well, this is the last one in this venue. So guess what happened? Yes, of course, it was sold out, um, which I just thought, well, just tell them it's the last one every time and keep it here. It'll be like the DFS sale of comedy. That's a way to, f- to fill your room, isn't it? Uh, so that was uh, Friday night, Saturday night. I was booked to compare a gig um, up in uh, near Stoke, uh, a gig that I'd heard tell was uh, a little bit problematic to do, so I wasn't uh, too sure about uh, how that was going to go. When I showed up, I spoke to the landlady briefly, and uh, I was like, uh, what's it like here? And she was like, well, they like, you know, they like stuff that's uh, on the edge. And I thought, oh, God. But actually, they were a joy and a delight. It was uh, beautiful. I was on with... Um, Julian Dean, a very funny uh, uh, sort of joke teller, uh, comedian from down south. And, uh, yeah, I know, he's one of them joke tellers. Imagine that on the comedy circus. And um, he, I was privy to a conversation that he had with the landlady where he asked her, uh, what's the name of the local rough area? Not to let light in upon magic, but this is something that comedians do. We, will, uh, it, we may have a joke, which is, hey, what's the deal with insert name of rough area? Or, you know, words to that effect. Uh, and Julian clearly had one of those. So he said, what's the name of the local rough area? And the landlady said, well, do you know what? There, there isn't really one. There isn't really a rough area around here. And then she sort of moved away. And Julian turned to me and went, that means this is it. That means this is the rough area. And I was like, oh, OK. But it, it was great. It was a great gig. And uh, that was loads of fun. And then from one extreme to the other, Sunday night... I was down in that London, not only in that London, but in North London, East Finchley, where all the houses are so big, they have gift shops to be uh, amongst the um, metropolitan elite down there in their little Remainer bubble. I was amongst all of them uh, doing a show, but I didn't travel alone. I went with uh, Lindsay Santoro, very funny local uh, comedian. I think she's our Mrs. Maisel, by the way. And uh, I said, hey, while we're down there doing the gig, do you mind if I interview you for the radio show? And obviously, we completely forgot to do that. But uh, I did have the genius idea to ring her up a couple of days after to talk to her. And I started uh, the interview, like any professional with, by saying, uh, hello, Lindsay. Oh, hello. (laughs) Start again. I wasn't ready. What? I only said hello. Oh, sorry. Hello. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> or should I say Lindsay Santorini? Lindsay Santorini. Oh, God. Yes. So, That's my stage, other stage name. Yes, this was a gig we did at the weekend. Mm-hmm. And that was how you got introduced. Well, to be fair, I did a gig um, about a year and a half ago and someone introduced me as Lindsay Sanitary. So <laughs> I'm fine. That's all right. I don't mind that. Yeah. That's fine. We should point out that the uh, the compare was very very apologetic. 
about it afterwards. You didn't give me more money, though. That's what I wanted. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to get my name wrong, <laughs> at least I want the compensation for the emotional anguish. The, the number of times I've been Jason Cook and then had to walk on stage to see the disappointed faces of an audience. Oh, imagine if it was Jason Derulo. <laughs> if they introduced you on as Jason Derulo. I'd <laughs> like that very much. say your name. Funny it was that simple. Um, so how's comedy treating you, Lindsay? Oh, is this a therapy session? It can be, uh, if you want. No, it's all right. Comedy's going pretty well. I had a nice little break at Christmas. I'm back on it now. Pretty busy, to be honest. I've got a lot going on. I've just had my face on Channel 4, which was quite distressing for everybody. What was that? So I filmed this thing, and it was um, Tom Allen interviews people who have had something go wrong, and they have to be outside the house, because it's called the joy of missing out, which is the opposite of the fear of missing out, because everyone says FOMO, and now they say JOMO, which is the joy of missing out. So rather than going out, just stay in. And it was a story about a tragedy. It wasn't a tragedy, it was just me being an idiot. Went to see cats and um, didn't like it. Had a bit of a fit. Then it escalated. So that's on all four at the moment, if anyone wants to watch my fat head. And the episode's called Lindsay and the Cats, Kel Surprise. So that's a bit weird. Because my face keeps coming up on adverts on Channel 4. Does it? I'm very... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, New Year's Eve, I was, I'd already had a bit to drink and uh, I had some friends over and um, my face came on the TV and I literally screamed solidly for about three and a half minutes. It was amazing. <laughs> was that in, in the lead-up to midnight? Yeah, it was. And do you know what? They didn't do me... I had a makeup artist. I've never had a makeup artist before. All she did was draw my eyebrows on thicker. <laughs> I thought it's because I'm, I'm already perfect. It's fine. Yeah, it must be that. <laughs> Must be that. Yes, that's interesting. So that's good. So that's a bit of telly, isn't it? You're a TV act now. <laughs> I've made an advert. Yeah. Today, five seconds of my gammon size. Amazing. The last couple of times I've seen you... Uh, well, no, quite the opposite. And also, I'm going to have to bleep that out. That's um, fine. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for that extra work. Sorry about the bad swearing <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> You've really sort of... Oh, I was going to say gone up a level, but you've gone up about ten levels. Are you saying I was terrible before? Will you just accept the compliment that I thought you were really good the last... Thank you very much. That's a lovely compliment. Because I hadn't seen you for maybe a year or so. Yes. uh, Before that. Uh, Other than things like Rough Works and that charity gig we did at the Glee where you'd been drinking. (laughs) Do you remember anything about that night? I remember parts of it. So to put it in context, what happened was I had been to a Hendo and then had also agreed to do this charity event for our good friend Gareth Billina. It's not for him, it was for... Um, what was the charity called? Oh, it's, the, it's the least worthy charity in the world. It's the Comedians Benevolent Fund. Oh, right, no. So I wouldn't have agreed to it if I hadn't no. been drinking. So Gareth had asked me, I forgot about it, gone on this Hendo come back from the Hindu, carried on drinking and then just thought and thought oh, well I can't really pull out this gig now it's a bit too late and then got to the gig and I was feeling a bit delicate because I think the hangover was coming in so I just thought well the only way to stop this is to drink so I just drank and then I thought it was about 
10 minutes of pure gold. My I think it was. <laughs> what? Shouted at the audience, Am I being aggressive? And then when they said yes, I said, Well, wait till I get sexually aggressive. And then I thought, There was that voice at the back of my head going, Stop this. Why have you done this? Yes, yes. Apologies about that. We raised some money, didn't we? I think they thought it was for me. No, never mind. They all thought, Oh, well, we better put some money in because, you know, look at her. She's in a right old state. Um, <laughs> But that was very entertaining uh, in and of itself. Thankfully, you don't have to get absolutely slaughtered before every gig to be incredibly funny. But I'm one of your um, protégés, aren't I? This is your fault. Well, this is the stand-up course that I, I run and I've been running since 2010. You you are one of the 345 people who've come through that. Oh, God. Uh, Thanks for my three special times. But the overwhelming majority of people don't then stick with the comedy because they do the course for lots of different reasons i always try and sort of guess who it is who's going to be the one who's going to sort of stick with it if someone shows up and they're really keen and they work really hard on their set and they volunteer for stuff all the time on the course you think oh maybe they'll stick with it and uh you you were very much the opposite of that weren't you lucy (laughs) you didn't you did like no work at all I absolutely refused because at the end of each lesson, we had like a half an hour gap, didn't we, where we could be like... Get up the and do the, stuff. The end of the course rolls into this thing where everybody does a five-minute bit on a stage to an audience, and that's what everybody's kind of working towards. But you don't have to do it, but everybody does. And so at the end of each lesson, you'd go, oh, who wants to try their five minutes to the class? And every week, I was like, I haven't written anything. <laughs> Not going to do it just sit there and watch everybody else and i wrote my five minutes two days before the actual show yeah so we didn't know whether you were going to do the show or not (laughs) and then on the night you were like yeah no i'll go on i watched it back about two months ago because one of the lads has a camera and filmed the whole thing and honestly because i just wanted to punch myself in the head (laughs) it wasn't awful it was like considering it was my first ever go the standard wasn't dreadful i didn't think but do you know when you think you've you've had this lovely opportunity and you've managed to scrape this together imagine if you'd actually bothered (laughs) (laughs) my memory of that your first ever gig was that well because i had no idea what you were going to do what you were going to be like was that actually it was really enjoyable and i really liked it yes Perhaps I would have been more critical had I <laughs> had I had any idea what you were going to be doing. <laughs> I was absolutely terrified. I only remember going on because Fat Dave, it, he probably won't listen to this one, Fat Dave, was stood behind me on the stairwell so I couldn't get past it. So my only option was to go on the stage. Yeah, you couldn't so run away. Couldn't run away. It's not even that fat, I don't think. I can't remember who Fat Dave is. I don't. Hopefully I never called anyone Fat Dave. <laughs> no. Oh, no. So have you just forgotten all your students now? No, I remember all 345 of them intimately. Oh, God. (laughs) There's a lot of them. A lot of them out there. When I watched that video, I realised how different... Not developed... How... how, What am I trying to say? I can't even speak. How much more gooder? How much more better and gooder (laughs) I've gotten... In the times that I've been doing the joking thing on the stage, I was absolutely terrified. And it's only after, I think it was about probably three years of doing it, I got to a point where I stopped caring. 
And I think, not stop caring. But I was so worried about what if that person doesn't like me, why doesn't everybody like me in the audience? And I got to the point where I was like, make yourself laugh. Amuse yourself. Because if you amuse yourself, then they're going to enjoy it. And then I just kind of got to the point where I was a bit more relaxed and thought, oh. I mean, sometimes I have gigs where I absolutely die. But it's, I've, I just think I've stopped caring. That's not the words I mean. I know what you mean. I don't necessarily think, because I remember another established act saying that to me, uh, you know, it all comes together when you stop caring. And it's not about not caring how it goes and not caring about being any good. It's about not caring about all the, you know, the stage fright nonsense. Yeah. Stop worrying. Stop worrying. That's it. Once the worry goes, once you don't care about that, once the nerves go, you can go on stage and you can be comfortable and you can be yourself and you can do the things you want to do and you don't have to get over that level of fear of worrying about oh no i'm public speaking and i'm british and i'm the <laughs> center of attention <laughs> you can just get on with it there's still terrifying moments though i did um what was it the one in sheffield where the arctic monkeys lived for a bit <laughs> the lead mill <laughs> know it was there and it was a Wednesday so I obviously assumed no one would be there and it was like about three people so I kind of psyched myself up for not many people being there got there it was about 500 people rammed in this room it was pitch black absolutely heaving that's probably the first time in a long while and because I had a bit of break over Christmas and that's my first gig back I thought so when I went on for the first minute I was a bit, I'm trying really hard not to swear, James. I I was a bit rubbish. And then a little voice in my head went, oh, these people, forget them. (laughs) I went, oh, all right then. And then I was totally fine then for the next 20 minutes or so. You remembered not to care. I remembered not to care. There's no need to worry. It's absolutely fine. Because you've done some big gigs, haven't you? You've you've done, like, uh, tour supports and stuff for people. Have I? Oh, Oh, the thing is, James, my memory is absolutely trash bag. So I don't know what I've done. And people have will talk to me and go, did you do that thing? And I went, oh, yeah, I did do that thing. Yeah, um, so I supported Rob Delaney. That was quite good. But I didn't know who he was. That's awful, isn't it? I just agreed <laughs> to the gig. And then when he came in, I went, oh, God, it's him off the thing, the bloke. <laughs> The man. Yeah, Rob Delaney from uh, Catastrophe. And... I thought it was Gary Delaney. That's why I agreed to it. I was like, oh, I know him. <laughs> I know him. I've met him loads. We have good old chats. And then when he walked in, I was like, is Gary behind you? <laughs> <laughs> what have you got? Co- <laughs> what have you got? <laughs> what have you got coming up, Lindsay? What have I got coming up? This I, I live day by day, to be honest. So tonight I'm um, going to watch last night's episode of Only Connect. Um, and it's a good tomorrow- one. <laughs> I can never get any of the questions. <laughs> and then um, tomorrow I've got, uh, I mean, Sheffield. No, I was in Sheffield. Let me tell you where I am. Thank God. Because it's on my phone. When you're saying tomorrow, because this we're recording oh, this a couple of days before. What are you doing, Lindsay? Well, uh, tonight. When are you putting this out? This is this is Thursday. Today's Thursday. Right. Today's Thursday. Today's Thursday the sixteenth. So well, I would have done my gig on Wednesday. <laughs> yes, that oh. was yesterday. But it's, it's not, tomorrow. It's Tuesday, isn't it? <laughs> I know, oh. but <laughs> you're letting light in upon magic, Lindsay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, this week I've been. Uh, I was. Um, <laughs> How did the gig on Wednesday go? <laughs> no, it's not happened. No, pretend though. 
So Wednesday, I was in Northampton for the comedy crate, and that went quite well. Oh, good. <laughs> it better now. <laughs> I'm talking to you from the future. And then um, Saturday, I'm somewhere in Leeds. <laughs> I'm gigging. I'm not right. just wafting around if anyone wants to follow me. I don't know what I'm doing after that. Every day is a mystery. Just have to get up and see what happens. And I'm trying to really hard write some things for my... Uh, I'm going to drop um, a plug now. Are you ready? Yeah, here it comes. I've got a, a solo show at the Leicester Comedy Festival on the 14th of Feb, which is Valentine's Day. So come along and spread your love. <laughs> <laughs> because my show is called Lindsay Santoro Looks Like a Boiled Egg. <laughs> and it's called that because I said to my mum, what shall I call my show? And she said, you look like a boiled egg. And I went, thank you. And that was all that it was. Lindsay Santoro there, who I spoke to a couple of nights ago after our uh, road trip down to London to do a gig together. Uh, a road trip during which um, she explained to me why uh, the song Intergalactic by Beastie Boys is actually one of the rudest songs ever. Uh, not that you'd know unless you've spoken to Lindsay about it, uh, but here it is anyway. Yeah, Beastie Boys Intergalactic. It's the Brum Radio Comedy Show uh, with me. James Cook on uh, the 16th of January. No, time now to look ahead to some of the comedy events that are happening in and around uh, Birmingham and the West Midlands in the next seven days. Also, no jingle for this bit. All right, starting off with tonight. That's Thursday. If you're listening on the podcast or on Listen Again, these things may have already happened. But uh, why not imagine how much fun you would have had had you known about them at the time? Uh, first of all, at the Patrick Cavanaugh's, the Fat Penguin uh, improvised comedy show, which is free to get in, uh, not necessarily free to get out. And at the Glee Club, as per for a Thursday, it's Comedy Carousel, hosted by Brum Radio's very own Andy Robinson. Uh, featuring tonight, I believe, Jarleth Regan, very funny uh, comedian from uh, Ireland and uh, Marlon Davis as well um, also tonight at the Hollybush in Craigley Heath the legendary and pleasingly mental venue the Hollybush at uh, Craigley Heath it's Dinsey night um, which I think means that Dave Dinsdale is something to do with the show uh, go and see Dave Dinsdale he's been doing comedy uh, almost as long as I have and uh, go and see him while uh, while you can, because he will retire about every five minutes from comedy and then start again. Uh, they have said about the show tonight that it is not for the easily offended. Oh, God knows what that means. Also tonight over in uh, Worcester, if you fancy a jaunt down there, it's Jokes and That, a brand-new comedy night. I like the name a lot. Uh, Jokes and That. It's at uh, Heroes in uh, Worcester. And that features a lineup of uh, local newer acts, including Matt Trimble and Robin Harvey and the Kamikaze Club and uh, and Tal Davis, who is uh, just smashing it uh, all over the country at the moment. She's won uh, some things. She won some gongy things, uh, I believe. So that's uh, tonight. Tomorrow, 
there's literally one comedy show on tomorrow. Come on, guys, it's a Friday. There needs to be more than that in a city the size of Birmingham. Uh, there's only one show I know of, and that is the Glee Club regular show, as well as Jarlath and Marlon from tonight. They're joined by Kelly Convey, who I saw at the Coventry Comedy Festival last year, and she's very funny. And Liam Malone, speaking of acts who retire and then come back to it, uh, he's he's back uh, with his uh, sort of misanthropic uh, grumpy man persona, I should imagine. Same lineup uh, tomorrow at the. Uh, not tomorrow, Saturday, the next day at the Glee. Uh, the Comedy Loft, meanwhile, has Emmanuel Sonobi, Alison June Smith, Matt Richardson, and Birmingham's very own. Well, he, no, he's the Black Country's very own. Uh, Danny Clives, um, who we spoke to uh, last week on the show, he's going to be doing a set at the Comedy Loft. And uh, oh, and Darren Harriet's doing a show at the Artrix in Bromsgrove. But I am led to believe that that is sold out already. So what you could do is you could go and stand and push your face against the glass and uh, imagine the fun you could have if only you could get inside. I've got details of a couple of uh, very interesting shows on Sunday to tell you about. Uh, but first, here's Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello on Brum Radio. What What is so funny about peace, love and understanding? Well, I wouldn't open with it. It's the Brum Radio Comedy Show. Uh, I'm James Cook, and uh, we're looking at uh, some of the comedy events that are coming up in and around Birmingham in the next uh, seven days. Uh, we got up to... Where did we get up to? We got up to Saturday. We did Saturday. Right, Sunday. A couple of shows to tell you about. First of all, uh, the monthly show at the Glee Club where acts get up and try out their new material. Rough Works is on Sunday night. If you haven't been... It is well worth going, particularly if you are interested in the process. Also, it is uh, cheaper than a regular night at the Glee Club. So the audience is usually a mix of sort of comedy aficionados and, uh, dare I say, nerds. Well, enthusiasts. Let's be more... Um, it's been more generous with our nomenclature uh, of them. Uh, so, you know, people who like uh, like hanging around with the, the comedy circuit and everything and they want to see how it works, you know, trying out new stuff and, and, and how does that whole process work. And then you've got people who uh, just uh, have seen that it's cheaper than a Friday or Saturday night and they come along as well and they don't really know what to make of it. So it's a, it's a good fun night. It's uh, quite relaxed. It uh, starts early, it finishes early. You'll get uh, seven or eight acts and a compare well worth going and checking out uh, rough works at the glee club earlier in the afternoon if you have young kids and you're thinking well all these events are all very well but quite frankly we can't get a babysitter every night of the week just so that we can go and laugh at some idiots uh, there is the laughing soul comedy club for kids at Mac, uh, featuring this month uh, andy white and uh, mrs barbara nice and also Ben Davis. Ben was... Uh, this This sounds bad. Ben was a comedian. I mean, he kind of still is. But uh, Ben did comedy on the, uh, the circuit about uh, 10 years ago. He then became uh, a successful children's author. Uh, the Joe Cowley books are his. Also, My Embarrassing Dad Went Viral, a book that my daughter has and enjoyed. Thanks. And uh, but he's back doing comedy at the uh, Laughing Soul Comedy Club for Kids on Sunday. I spoke to Ben a few days ago and I started by saying, Ben, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. How are you? All right. Uh, of course, uh, when I knew you, you had an extra D in your name. Yes, I did. It was a bit David Walliams-esque in that there was a Ben Davis briefly knocking about. So I thought, oh, well, 
as a stopgap, I'll put a D in there and I'll turn it into David's, but it wasn't. I could have picked a much better stage name, really. Uh, but then the other Ben Davis disappeared. I kept the D until the bitter end, but uh, <laughs> since I moved into uh, kids' books, I, I lost it again. Not the most imaginative of stage names. No, what would you like to have been called if you could do it again? And come up with a stage oh, name. I'd pick something impressive like Captain Wacky or something like that, you know, something, <laughs> uh, something nice. Uh, so I met you probably about uh, 10 years ago, something like that, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah, I think when... it was. It was probably about 2007, back when I started doing comedy, yeah. Oh, blimey, as long ago as that. And you were, yeah. you were very good at stand-up. Oh. That was I. I didn't always feel like that, but thank you very much. <laughs> well, you say that, but you you did achieve quite a lot in a relatively short amount of time, I would say, didn't you? Yeah, I, I, it took me a couple of years. It's when I started doing uh, one-liners about 2000. I've been going about two years at that point. I thought, oh, that's that's the thing I'm I'm quite good at, so I'll do that. And that's when it, things started to take off a little bit more. And uh, you know, I started, you know, actually getting paid and got to the finals of certain competitions and things like that. But yeah, I sort of got to the point of sort of promising newcomer, <laughs> but never really got beyond it. Um, oh yeah, me too. My own fault, really. <laughs> There's a lot of us like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the sort of that was my uh, my level, I think. And I, I, I remember I signed up with with an agency. If, if anyone uh, is listening to this, familiar with them, they're called uh, Merth Control. Uh, I believe are still around. Yeah, um, and uh, they they sent me to some decidedly ropey <laughs> experiences, uh, gigs. So uh, which kind of put me off comedy a little bit. You talk about getting to finals of competitions. By my reckoning, until this year, you were the last sort of West Midlands-based comedian to get to the Leicester Mercury oh, final. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, back in two thousand and ten. 2010 and some guy Josh Whittacombe won that whatever, whatever happened to him eh it's, who uh, <laughs> yeah exactly who uh, yeah really else was on that night Rob Beckett and people like yeah um, but yeah I didn't realise I was, I was who, who was in it this year then we've got two oh, in the one year. that's coming up in February notice oh. how I say we've got them I'm trying to you know <laughs> yeah. claim credit which for something I have yeah. no control over at all. Um, uh, the Good Kids, the uh, musical yeah. double act, and Eric Rushton. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you know any of them? I, I, know the, I know the name, but I'm so out of the loop of comedy circuits that I've not seen either of them. I don't, but yeah, yeah, great. Good to have two in there. Yeah. I didn't realise. I didn't realise it was that long. And you did some other notable big gigs, didn't you, when you were <laughs> doing stand-up? I mean, the, the one that immediately springs to mind is so, uh, Heart FM ran this competition for like uh, after did the warm up for the show, the rock with laughter show they used to do at the the NEC whatever the NEC is called now uh, they used to do a show there like a big variety show yeah that was uh, Jasper Carrot and um yeah yeah but by the time I did it it was Lenny Henry Jasper Carrot wasn't doing it by the time I did it but myself and another act called Al Rudd who's sort of comedy magician we were both to do it and uh, yeah it was very very weird sort of going out there in front of about eight thousand people never done anything like that before or since very strange i mean the backstage area was bigger than most of the venues i played up until that point uh, although weirdly i actually found that easier than the ones where you know you just perform to two people people don't believe you but it is easier to play a big crowd than a small crowd yeah because if you get like a quarter of those people laughing it, it sounds pretty good if you get a quarter of two people. That's, like, <laughs> that's half a person. Exactly. Yeah, it's terrible. So yeah, I, like I said, yeah, people don't quite uh, understand that. Yeah, but it, it is. I find it a lot easier. And they got you to do the warm up for that gig. 
Yeah, it was a bit weird. It was like it was me and Al and uh, and Rachel, who was like the, the time hosted the uh, the breakfast show on Heart with uh, the chap's name Ed. With Rachel um, knew. Rachel knew. That's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She sort of sort of emceed us on, and people sort of filing in, and that it was you know it was just <laughs> the warm up, and then she introduced Lenny Henry, and the proper show started. It was a great experience, weird experience, you know. So sort of being backstage and seeing all these celebrities. Uh, one of whom I had my picture taken with. I won't, I won't say who that was. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's someone who has subsequently <laughs> sullied their reputation with their behaviour. Yeah, all the celebrities that were backstage, and that was the one I had my, my picture taken with, which is very bad luck. Um, something I'll never forget, certainly. So you got to play to the NEC as people were taking their seats? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You couldn't really see. It was completely pitch black in front of you. You couldn't really see what was going on. You could, just, you could hear the, the, the laughs when they came, but... There's this sort of like satellite delay because it's such a big room. You sort of like the laugh had come sort of like, oh, that didn't get anything. And all of a sudden, oh, there it is. Was there a specific turning point that made you lose the love of stand-up? Or was it a gradual thing? Yeah, I think it was a gradual thing. Like I said, I was signed up with this agency. Who, what they do is send you off to these gigs, which you might call corporate gigs, where you're sort of playing to like do's like work do's and things but you get there and you haven't been told that that's what it was so there was one time when i turned up and it was a christmas party for a load of bouncers in bradford and normally for gigs like that you get paid a lot of money i was not being paid a lot of money for that and that that wasn't the first the only time that happened so things like that kind of soured me on it and i was just struggling to write new material i was getting a bit fed up with the traveling and i also at the time that's when i started i got my sort of first contract to write a children's book so that was taking up most of my focus. And instead of feeling excited about gigs, I felt I was sort of dreading them, and they were, they were feeling like a chore. And I thought, well, that's not really, that's not great, is it? And that's not fair on the audience, really. If I'm there, just start phoning it in. I did the gigs I had booked in, and then sort of quietly flinked off uh, at the end of about 2013, I think it was. You mentioned there the uh, the children's books thing. Was yeah. that something you were doing anyway? Had you, had you already started writing those when you were doing stand-up or how did that uh, work? How I, did you get into that? I always liked writing. I always liked writing stories, you know, from, from an early age. It predated comedy by a long, a long way. And I just had this idea for a, a story which could really only work as a kid's book. Uh, and at the time I, I, I didn't really know anything about kids' books, having not read them since I was uh, as a kid. So <laughs> I sort of went down the library and, and got some out just to see what was what. Uh, and I started just having a go at, at writing it. And this was about 2010, probably just after the Leicester Mercury thing, actually. Started writing that and uh, I gave up on it for six months, went back to it. And then, you know, started sending it out to agents when I thought it was in decent shape. And, you know, it took it took ages. I mean, uh, to get to a point where it was out in the shops, it took uh, about four years. It came out in 2014. It's just an idea that just came to me one day, which I thought would only ever work as a as a kid's book. But I've since found out, someone told me, oh, that's a bit like the film Step Brothers, you know, the Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, which is definitely it's... not for kids, that film. No, so. it's not. But the premise, I hadn't seen it at the time, but the premise is similar. It's about a kid who his mum gets together with the dad of his school bully and they have to live together. Yeah. And I thought, that's quite, that hasn't been done. And then someone said, oh, yeah, it's like Step Brothers. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this is a thing. You could do kids' book versions of 15 and 18 rated movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to have a crack at The Shining. That would be good. Um, <laughs> Shining. I, I realise that's already a book. 
But... Yeah, but the, not the kids' version of The Shining. <laughs> Maybe all in rhyme like a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, that's where I've just been reading Dr. Seuss books. To my son, Cat in the Hat and Green Eggs and Ham and all that, yeah. You've written, not, is it nine kids' books now you've got out there? Uh, let's, let's see, nine. Uh, it will be nine this year. I have eight out at the moment. The ninth one is coming out this year. It's slated for August at the moment, but... That could well be pushed back. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, I have to get it done by uh, the end of this week. Oh, thanks for taking uh, time out from uh, your oh, writing no, no, to talk to us. There's not much, not much. It's just sort of uh, edits and things. Mainly have to chop bits out, to be honest. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so that, that should be out in, in August. That'll be the ninth one. Is it true that you have also written for greetings cards? Kind of. This was way back. Yeah, I wrote some jokes for this greeting cards company. Okay, so you wrote the jokes, you didn't write, like, happy anniversary. No, it was just, like, a couple of gags that I got paid a, a tiny bit of money for. I can't remember that. The company probably folded, if you'll excuse me. I can't believe you gave up, mate. I know, I, can't, I think I could have had a lucrative career in that. But, <laughs> yeah, that was probably about ten years ago. Did you ever see those cards in the shops? No, never. <laughs> I don't know if they ever made it to the shops. Uh, they were sold online. I don't know. Maybe that's the reason why I've never heard from them again. Maybe. <laughs> so this weekend you're appearing at Mac as part of the Laughing Soul Kids Comedy Show. Yeah. You've done quite a few of those shows, though, now. Yeah, I'm, I'm a regular. It's, it's me, uh, Hannah Sylvester, and obviously the legendary Mrs. Barbara Nice, who, who always hosts. Although Hannah's not going to be at this next one. She's uh, being replaced by the marvellous Andy Was. We're sort of the, the crew that, that, that perform at most of the shows, and then we have a, a guest headliner every time. Uh, this time it's a box of frogs uh, improv. It's really fun to do for me because it means I have to come up with new material every couple of months, sort of 10 minutes of new stuff, and it, it's quite good fun. And it's such a lovely crowd every time. You get regulars in, you get new people in that, and, and obviously, you know, I mean, yeah, you don't need me to say Barbara's one of the finest compares we have i think she's just so great at getting a a sort of a family atmosphere and obviously it's got to be kid friendly yes so no f's no c's (laughs) No, no, i mean that's straight away what kind of thing do you do well i do poems sometimes uh songs and things like that i occasionally incorporate a monkey puppet called steve just for the christmas show we did uh, we did a duet me and steve you know the uh, the bingham bowie one oh yes the drummer boy yeah we, we did that uh, it's, it looks like it's just thinking of just stupid stuff to fill 10 minutes, really, which I still, it's this weekend and I still haven't entirely figured out what I'm doing. <laughs> so it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be, I've got some ideas. It's always the same thing every time. I think, I've got nothing, I've got nothing. And then, you know, a few days before, I think, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. But it's great because it, it just sort of gets me writing and, and thinking about uh, the poem I did. I wrote especially for that show called My Granddad's a Nudist, which has proved to be very popular. But what's good is, off the back of that, I've done other kids and family shows, which they're nice, but they really make you appreciate how nice everyone is at the Mac because they're so well behaved compared to certain other places I've played. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to mention any names. And how do they compare to the uh, grown-up gigs that you used to do? Yeah, I think kids are more honest. That's the, that's the trouble. Because I do, I mean, as well, being a kids author, I do a lot of school visits and a lot of talks in schools and writing workshops and things like that. And kids uh, are just very honest. They'll just tell you what they think to your face and they don't care. Whereas adults, even ones that are, are drunk are, are generally a bit more tactful. It's what I'm used to now. I wouldn't know what to do doing sort of a, a standard 
circuit gig anymore. I don't, I have no idea what to do. I don't want to get like a puppet out or something. <laughs> you could still do that. Yeah, I could. I could still do that. The thing is that the, the, the ventriloquist around circuit can actually do ventriloquism, where I, I can't. My lips move, so that that could be a stumbling block. Ben Davis is appearing as part of the Laughing Soul Comedy Club for Kids at Mac this Sunday at two. Uh, this is appropriate for uh, talking about kids' gigs. This is Sweet Child of Mine, cover version by uh, Luna. It's the Brum Radio Comedy Show with me, James Cook. A few other gigs to tell you about. Uh, Monday night, a useful idiot at Loki in Edgbaston. A fantastic free entry, uh, new new material night. Also, Reckless Comedy down in Leamington, featuring Phil Paget, Josh Pugh, Stella Graham, Adele Clough, Eric Rushton. That's a pretty strong uh, lineup. And uh, on Monday at the Blue Orange Theatre is the Box of Frogs monthly show. Uh, this is where audience members have the option to join performers on the stage. It's only optional, though. You don't have to. Tuesday night, the other useful idiot night at the Good Intent in the Great Western Arcade in town is uh, on again. That's also a free entry. Next week, going to be chatting to Harriet Dyer, who used to live around here, you know, before she moved up to Manchester. She's going to be talking about all uh, about her dinosaur show. She's coming to the Mac very soon. Uh, until next time, this is James Cook for the Brum Radio Comedy Show, saying ta-ra. there you go that was all right wasn't it that was the from radio comedy show it's going to be back live 11 o'clock in the morning next thursday you can listen to it through brumradio.com and that way you get to hear all the music we play as well or if you feel like the music was sadly lacking you can check it out on mixcloud also go through brumradio.com to listen to that otherwise download the podcast again next week or if you really want to find the studio and come and sit in the corner of it and then you'll see it all happening live as well there's lots of different ways you can consume the show not all of them uh, entirely legally until next time ta-ra thank you for listening to this brum radio podcast don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app